0: Well, if you wouldn't mind one final time to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We've been walking through this segment of the Bible in Psalm 119 for a while. Remember, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the Bible, 176 verses. Those 176 verses are broken down to eight verses apiece. And each one of these segments start off every letter with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. And so we could say it this way, that Psalm 119 covers from a to Z, or at least in Hebrew. And so we're in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, and we find our way to the very last segment in Psalm 119 and 169. 169, our last segment in Psalm 119. And if you don't mind, let's look and see what the Word of God says. Psalm 119, starting at 169, the Bible says, let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to word. To thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee. Let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in Psalm 119? Psalm 119, and notice with me in 169, where it speaks about in the last uh, phrase here, give me understanding according to thy word. Give me understanding according to to thy word. It is said that knowledge is better than understanding. That we understand knowledge carries the idea with information. But with knowledge it's the how to apply that information. That it is knowledge applied. And whereas someone may have lots of knowledge they may not know what to do with that knowledge. That's the difference between knowledge and understanding. There are as many people who may know a lot about the Bible, but they don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. There may be a lot of people who know a lot of things about useless trinkets and trivial information. But if they don't know how to use it, it doesn't work. There is a difference between knowledge and understanding. And so the psalmist here is asking, I need understanding. And how is he going to get the understanding? From thy word. That we know that the word gives us wisdom. It helps us to apply what we've learned. It gives us understanding. And so with this, let's look at this last segment here. As the psalmist is praying for understanding. And we see the first thing here where he says, hear me. Hear me. Notice again in Psalm 119 and 169. He starts off, he says, let my cry Come near before Thee. He's just saying in short, Lord, please hear me. I need You to hear me. It's important that You hear me. Give me understanding according to Thy Word. He wanted God to hear him. The psalmist had plenty of knowledge of God's Word. However, his situation is as dark as ever. And he's pleading for understanding. He wanted to understand not only the what but the why. This plea is not so much for a reprieve for his current situation, but instead more of an idea that I want to understand what is going on and what you're trying to get accomplished. It's, I'm not trying to get out of it. I just want to make sure that what I'm in is going to end up glorifying you and pleasing you. If we understand that, we could face that situation. We could go through it. If we know that on the other end of this, God is going to get the glory. We'll be willing to go through it. Mm -hmm. If there was some pain and suffering we went through. If people came to know Christ as their savior because of it. It would make it worth it. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that I want to have understanding that what I'm going through matters. That what I'm going through you have a plan through. What I'm going through is going to affect eternity. It's going to do something. I just want to make sure that you. (laughs) I want to have that assurance. That knowledge. That understanding. That you're doing something. That you're at work. And God is always at work. But again, when you're getting pressed and when you have uh, the pressure on, the temptation is often, Lord, just get me out of here. Get me out of here. There's a maturity here that says, Lord, I'm not trying to get you out of here. I just need to stay where I'm at in order to do that. I need to know that you're working. That you have a plan. That you're going to glorify your name on the other side. I just need understanding that you know what you're doing so I can face this. As the psalmist prayed and prayed, the situation hasn't been resolved. Notice 170. Let my supplication come before thee. Second verse in a row, he's saying, in essence, hear me, hear me. Let my supplication become before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. As he's praying, he's saying, God, I want to understand what may be hindering these supplications from being answered. Is there anything that would keep these from being answered? Am I praying wrong? Am I not having enough information? Is there something? Tell me so that way I know I need understanding so I could pray correctly. I want to make sure that you hear this. If there's anything hindering... Uh, you working. Let me know and I'll be glad to get rid of it. I want to take care of it. I want to make sure there's no reason why my prayers are hindered. I want you to hear me. Deliver my, let my supplication become for thee. Don't let it be hindered. Don't let something block it. Notice what else he says in verse 171. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy scriptures. The psalmist wanted God to teach him the scriptures. You know, it's one thing for others to teach us the scriptures, but it's something else when God opens them up. And we knew it came from God, that God gave us something. He taught us. He gave us understanding. It's a powerful thing when we know that God is the one that opened it up. We know that he may use different resources. He may use a pastor. He may use a commentary. He may use just you reading it. But when you know that God opened it up, it's amazing. Oh, this is wonderful. This is what I need. <coughs> I need God to teach us this. And notice what he said he was going to do when that happened. Verse 171, my lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me the scriptures. He says, when you teach me the scriptures and I know it came from you, I'm going to tell people about it. I'm going to praise your name. Oh, let me tell you, I saw something wonderful in the Bible. By the way, as a pastor, that's what I enjoy when you guys come up and say, hey, I was reading this week and I saw, this is good. I didn't have a question. I just wanted to show you. That's good. I want you to be able to read the Bible for yourself and to see God give you something. And oh, well, this is great. This is wonderful. And then we get to brag on the Lord about what he has taught us or what he has showed us. Notice as he goes on in 172. My tongue shall speak of thy word. Why? For all thy commandments are righteousness. The psalmist followed that request with the promise that his tongue would speak God's word. The reason was is that God's commandments were righteous. Before God's word could come out of our lips, God's word has to first be placed in us before it could come out of us. Jesus states, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so the psalmist is saying, I'd be glad to speak about your word, but I need your word to be put in me. I need you to teach me your word. I need you to have your word here. And I'll be glad to tell people about it. That's such an important thing. There are some people that I've met over the years, they want to be great Bible teachers, but they don't want to read the Bible. You, you, you're missing something there. You have to have it in you. In fact, when I teach people uh, about... Preaching and teaching the Bible, we explain that it can't come from here. It has to come from in here. What do I mean by that? Here it's just information. Here it becomes personal. You gotta have some time where you spend time to meditate it, that you work on it, you let it boil over. If you could forgive the personal illustration, I usually have all my sermons planned at least a year in advance. Why? Just so that way I have a year for it to simmer and to boil and it becomes a part of me. So now I'm preaching out of the overflow rather than just something I've just picked up and trying to regurgitate. It's now become a part. And that's what the psalmist is speaking about. I'll be glad to tell about the word if you make it a part of me. If you make it where it's understandable, where it becomes personable, where it's not just information, but when it becomes real, when I, it, you open up your Bible and go, wow, that's good stuff. And I remember it. I put it apart. Now I want to tell people, let me show you what I saw in the Bible. Let me show you what God taught me today. Let me show you something here. I never saw it before. This is great psalmist says, that's what I'm looking for. I want you to hear me. Oh, if there's anything that's holding me back, if there's anything that would hinder this, if there was anything that would keep me from this, let me know. I'll set it aside. I'll take care of it. But I want you to hear me and I want you to teach me. I want you to put it in me so that way I could tell others. He says, I'm not trying to get out of the situation, but I'm trying to, while I'm in the situation, be a useful instrument for you. Please hear me. He goes from the prayer of hear me to help me. Notice with me as we hit to 173. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. The psalmist asks not only for understanding, but also pleads for God to help him. That word help me in the Bible is the smallest prayer found in the Bible. But may I also say it's the most answered prayer in the Bible? Yep. Help me. Help me. Help me. You know, I'm glad that God could be a simple, <laughs> can allow things to be simple in our life. Help me. And he already knows what to do. You know, if you had someone that was drowning in a in a pool, and as he's drowning, <laughs> Before he can be helped, he has to go through this big thing. Oh Lord God Jehovah, oh you on the shore, you who's 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 so strong and just the simple thing, help me, help me is all that's required. Help me. You know that's helpful for us that sometimes help me. Is all you need. Forgive the other person. Illustration, but this should be so much of a part of you that it becomes instant. I remember I was driving on a dirt road in uh, Tennessee and uh, wasn't speeding. Just it was just a sharp ninety-degree turn. Just hit it wrong, and all of a sudden the van started spinning around. And uh, <laughs> wasn't a planned thing, but just to help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, and uh, stop the car. And thought about that. <laughs> look, that was just a simple prayer request. That was just an instant prayer request instead of yelling or shouting or whatever. Help me, help me, help me, help me. In fact, I think one of our first winter experiences here, um, we were driving to church and one of those days where I still was trying to learn winter and listen, I don't care what snows on the ground. We can make it. We're making it to church. And so we made it all the way up to Seymour from Green Bay and hit a patch of ice and the van starts turning and the kids are in there screaming like a roller coaster ride and sort of not screaming. Not screaming. Okay. They weren't screaming. <laughs> Their eyes were. <laughs> and <laughs> remember I was going just simply just praying, Lord, help, Lord, help, Lord, help, Lord, help, Lord, help. And we got there safely in the ditch. But Waited for the tow truck. Nothing was wrong with the van. But it's a simple prayer. But it can become part of us when we already know that we could go to God. And it becomes so an instant thing when we're used to saying, help me. Help me. You know, God wants to be needed. God wants to be needed. And there's no more simple prayer than someone who's waiting to be a help for someone to say, help me. Help me. Help me. That's what the psalmist does. He says again in 173. Let thy hand help me. Let thy hand help me. Why? For I have chosen thy precepts. Notice the basis that he could call for God's help. He says God I've chosen you. I've chosen your word. Because of that with confidence I can say help me. Help me. I've chosen you. I want your word. I want you to be pleased. Help me. You know, you could ask help me when you know that the person you're talking to you're on good grounds with. Could you imagine just for illustration's sake that you go and find someone and go punch them in the face Mm -hmm. and then you turn around and fall into a quicksand and then turn around and say help me. You wouldn't have a lot of confidence that the person there wouldn't help you. But if you're in good grounds with a person, you could definitely expect them to help you if they were able. Does that make sense? So he says, the reason why I could say help me with confidence is because I've chosen you. I've been trying to live right. I've been trying to love your word. I've been trying to be obedient. So help me is something I could expect to be answered because I've been trying to be right with you. Notice when he says, help me too. Notice what he's asked for. Verse 173, let thy hand help me. No other hand will do. He doesn't want, going back to the illustration of the guy with the quicksand. If I'm falling to quicksand and say, help me, I don't want him to go get someone else. (laughs) I want the one that's right there to help me. No other hand will do. God, I want you to help me. I need you to work. I need you to help. The hand of God is mighty and it's able to do so many things that need to be accomplished. The God, hand of God is so mighty it could stop an enemy. In fact, it's just a fascinating study to go through the Bible and see everywhere where it talks about the hand of God and everything that the hand of God can do. Help me. Help me. Notice with me in 175 of uh, 74. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Remember that the word salvation in its most basic meaning means to deliver from a situation. We use it for spiritual salvation to save me, deliver me from the penalty I owe God of hell. But a lot of times in the Bible, especially in the Psalms, when it says salvation, it carries the idea to help me from the situation that I'm currently in. And so many people... In hard times and pain would often take out their frustrations on God. That because I'm hurting, hurting people hurt people. And hurting people often take it out on God. It's your fault God. and Why did you put me in here? The psalmist however still delights in God's word. And he's saying Lord I could trust you. Let my soul live and praise thee. For, let thy judgments help me. There's that phrase again, help me me. He says, I need you to help my soul to live. If you allow me to keep moving forward, the psalmist says, my soul is going to praise you. I want you to help me with that praise. I want you to direct me. I want you to deliver me. I want you to get the glory from it. And I'll praise you with great power. Excuse me. He says, let my soul live and it shall praise thee. Let thy judgments help thee. Notice what is he asking specifically? Let your word help me. You know, God's word has lots of power. The sufficiency of scripture is such an important doctrine that God's word is enough. In fact, as I was Teach uh, young people who are teaching men and women, the men is, are teaching young men and women to teach and preach the Bible. One of the things that we try to tell them is that God never promised to bless my words, but He promised to bless His word, so the more that we depend and trust in God's word and use God's word, the more we can expect God's power in it. That's the secret of it. I don't have to come up with a message. I just have to preach the Bible. Read the text, explain the text, apply the text, and God will work. Just make it simple. God's word, I don't have to come up with some fancy message. I don't want to go too far off in the weeds and and have a good time with uh, some of the other goofball things that we've seen. But just preach the word. Teach the word. Keep it simple. God's word is enough. There's not a single problem that cannot be helped by a Bible message. A Bible message can help someone fix their marriage. A Bible message should help fix things with a relationship at home. A Bible message could help fix things with pride. A Bible message could help uh, fix things with bitterness. A Bible message could help fix things no matter what it is. Relationships with work, relationships with family, sickness, pain, those type of things, God's word can do a work. And we can trust God's word. To do a work. If we depend and trust in it. Notice again in verse 176. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. One of the greatest illustrations or the most commonly used illustrations that God uses to show the relationship between God's people and him. Is the shepherd and the sheep. He's the shepherd and we're the sheep. And the way that the Bible describes and the way that we know about sheep is that sheep are stupid. They are idiots. And if we be honest, we're the same way. There was, I had an article from several years ago where there was, um, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but there were thousands of sheep up on this hilltop in Turkey. And it it was a 300 foot drop and one of the sheep decided to go off the ledge and the rest of the sheep looked and said let's do that too and they all went off the ledge <laughs> all of them the ones that uh, hit first of course died and then the layer on top of that were a little bit squished but they lost lots of sheep that day just because the sheep was like yeah, I'm going to go this way and they all just went off the cliff Sheep are stupid. That's why God refers to us as sheep. Because we're stupid and we don't know any better. Uh, you know, you have a sheep who will go off a ledge and go, Hey, I want to be on that ledge down there. And he'll go down on the ledge and fall. And when sheep get on their back, they're, they're one of the most helpless animals. They land on their back and they can't get back up. And the shepherd has to go pick them up. Well, what happens? The sheep goes, Hey... Goes to that same ledge and says, hey, I want to be down there. Goes down, falls down, and falls on the back. And the shepherd has to go put him back up. A third time, the sheep go, hey, I want to go down there. Fall down, falls back. The shepherd has to get him up. What happens is the shepherd has to break the leg of that sheep. So he doesn't go back down there. But the shepherd doesn't just leave him with a broken leg. The shepherd then carries the sheep on his shoulders until that leg is fixed and then sets him down and then the sheep says oh I'm not going to do that again well that's again the relationship that God talks about us prone to wonder Lord I feel it Lord <laughs> I'm I am um, I prone to leave the one I love that's a, a normal prayer that her normal statement that we have it does not take long for us to wander away from God well, I wonder what's over here And God has to go find us and seek us and look for him. That's what the psalmist is saying. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. I'm so thankful we do have a seeking God. We know in the Gospel record of Luke, it describes Jesus as a seeking Savior, coming to seek and to save that which was lost. Inside of uh, John chapter 4, it says that God is seeking, the Father is seeking such to worship Him. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. We have a Father that seeks. We have a Spirit that seeks. We have a seeking God who seeks after us. And I'm so thankful because... Us wandering all the time and God has to go find us, that'd be tiring for anyone else. But God loves us so much. And as often as our hearts are tempted to wonder. you know, it doesn't take long. Maybe your mind wanders when you're reading the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. I'm going to be diligent reading my Bible. Hey, squirrel. I'm so thankful that God is able to bring us back even when we wonder. Sometimes our heart wonders. Maybe you're singing the song and you're singing the hymn book and you're supposed to pay attention to the words and you know it because pastor says it all the time. But man, I'm really looking forward to Arby's roast beef sandwich later on today. And we just wonder so quickly. It doesn't take long. We could be positionally where we're supposed to be and our heart's wandering somewhere else. It's amazing we we're sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. All right. Don't be holier than thou. We're all in the same flesh. It's amazing when you're supposed to do holy and righteous things what your brain will think about. Yeah. <laughs> we're prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. The psalmist is honest to say, Lord, I. I am prone to wonder. Help me. That's why I love that song, song that hit that last verse there. It's just always so powerful to me. That's me. I am prone to wonder. Lord, I'm so thankful you're a seeking savior who could bring me back when I go astray, who could corral me back, who could bring me back. Lord, hopefully I don't wander too far. Maybe it's in a church service and we're supposed to sing and then snap. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm supposed to pay attention to the words. Lord, thank you for bringing me back. Whew. You know, preachers preaching are supposed to take notes, but instead you start doodling on something else. I'm working on a project at home. I'm drawing my brand new car. I'm writing my brand new last name 14 times. No, you know, whatever it is that you're wondering on, it doesn't take much. God could bring us back, especially if you're in that prayer. Lord, let me tell you, I'm prone to wonder. If I start wondering today, bring me back. If my mind starts wondering, bring me back. If my heart starts wondering, bring me back. I'm so thankful we have a seeking Savior. And especially if we're proactive and say, Lord, I am prone to wonder. Bring me back. Do you think God will answer that prayer? Absolutely. And do you think he'll be loving and kind about it? Yes. Yes. I'm so thankful for it. So the psalmist closes this prayer... And he closes it with a simple thing of hear me and help me. What was his confidence that those prayers would be heard? Well, because from A to Z, the the psalmist has explained that God's word could be trusted in any situation. Everywhere he's went, he could have God's word. May we learn that our prayer and our hearts and our understanding need to come from God's word. And that this is a wonderful psalm that we've had the privilege of going through. And that hopefully it's got to the place where it's reminded you that no matter what you go through, you need God's word.